Welcome to the Kids Music Planet podcast for November 22nd, 2009. I'm your host, Lisa Harper. This week, we bring you our interview with Recess Monkey, plus Evelyn's Pick, a song chosen by my eight-year-old daughter, Evelyn. This past May, at the Jiggle Jam Music Fest in Kansas City, Monty, Evelyn, and I sat down with Jack, Drew, and Darren of the band Recess Monkey to talk about their latest CD, Field Trip. Enjoy! We are sitting here with Recess Monkey, and I'll let you guys introduce yourselves so everybody can get to know your voice. Okay, I'm Jack, a bass player and a bad joke teller. I'm Drew, a guitarist and singer. And I'm Darren, a drummer and uh, losing my voice, but uh, right here I am. <laughs> okay, now you, you talk about you guys are teachers, so are. Is it, you're currently still still teaching? Yeah, um, in fact, um, uh, can I say that right, right now we're recording this at Jiggle Jam in Kansas City. Um, it's Memorial Day weekend, and we were teaching on Friday in our classrooms, and all left our school, <laughs> jumped on an airplane that was hastily rescheduled to fly to be here to play, um, and we're going back to school next week. So we're very much actively still teachers where... Um, uh, we consider that our first and foremost occupation, and the music is something that springs from that. Yeah. You all teach at the same school? We used to. We did. With three male teachers at the same school? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it, it's a really cool school. Um, it's called University Child Development School uh, in Seattle, um, and we were each drawn there independently. Um, and the school is really known for a pretty open-ended, dynamic curriculum that teachers create sort of week by week, so there's no pre-written materials for kids, and it's really individualized to the kids who go there. So each year what we're doing can be very different from the previous year. So they're really looking for teachers who can can do that, who can flexibly um, sort of tailor-make what they're doing creatively to what is happening with kids. Um, so it really draws a lot of people, like the, like us, people that are really excited about um, trying new things and, um, and you know, sort of pushing the envelope of what's traditional. Um, so as a consequence, there are a, a ton of male teachers there, um, and there's a ton of energy, I think, in some ways, we're kind of the, the, the singing spokespeople of that school. Um, so we all got there sort of on our own, and we also have a backstory to get there, but yeah. So what age kids are you teaching? What, what grades? Uh, I teach first and second grade. I teach preschool and kindergarten. First and second grade this year. And it should be noted that Darren used to teach at UCDS, and he's moved on to another really cool school um, in Seattle, uh, which is very similar. Uh, he's going to be teaching at Spruce Street School next year. Um, but it's really, Seattle's a really cool place, uh, not just for music, but for schools, too. Uh, tons of really exciting school communities. Oh, I'm curious. What, uh, as, a, as a band, I know you, you all said what instruments you play, but I know there's a whole lot more that goes into making a band work. Uh, what are your behind-the-scenes roles? Who, who's the songwriter? Who's the uh, booking agent? You know, what? How do you, how do you make things happen? Yeah. Well, that's man. You're right. That's the the sort of the smoky room behind the, <laughs> the beautiful facade that you see on stage. Yesterday, uh, before I said at Jiggle Jam, Jeff Bogle introduced us as three handsome men. Um, so that alone is man. I'm glad that we can still pull that off, guys. Nice work. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, so I think we've got to give total credit to Drew, um, our lead singer, sitting uh, stereo center, uh, who is a tremendous songwriter, and uh, he brings all the creativity to the table. So, Drew, we just wanted to, we planned this in advance. Um, Darren, are you ready to sing the song? <laughs> Go for it, Darren. Um, 
He didn't write it, so we can't say. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll joke. sing it for myself. Uh, I'm great. I'm really good. I'm a good songwriter. Oh, well, thanks. Um, so the band started actually. You want to talk a little bit about sort of where the first Recess Monkey songs came from? Yeah. Well, um, I wasn't teaching preschool and kindergarten originally. Uh, I was teaching first and second grade, and then moved to third and fourth grade, um, and just wanted to go back to school and do some graduate work and so moved to a 60 percent time position and uh, to make that work in the school they said well hey we're going to put you in uh, half day preschool and kindergarten so three and four year olds yeah from three and four uh, grade to three and four year olds and uh, it was quite a shock Um, but I was paired with a really amazing mentor teacher and just became immersed in all the <clears throat> levels of play of kids that age. And uh, so in my graduate work, we could propose our own final project. And um, we just had Jack Pretlotsky visit um, our school and do some uh, poem songs. And I was really inspired by that and set a lot of the experiences of, of that year to music um, for my class. And school, UCDS, kind of caught wind of some of them. They were Some of them were UCDS-centric, uh, the Rainbow Road, um, and, and so they'd love to, to use some of the, the music in kind of promoting the school, and so it just kind of took off from there. And then meanwhile, the three of us were, we were already a band. We were playing sort of, you know, indie rock music in Seattle, like trying to sort of, you know, hustle and get, get shows whenever we could on Tuesday nights and whatever. Um, and Drew started bringing these songs into our rehearsals in my basement, and very, very different than what we were doing, but it also really resonated because it's what, what we were living as teachers every day. Um, so, yeah, Drew, Drew gets full credit for, for sort of creating the, um, I mean, the songs that you hear on Field Trip, and we're going to hear some of those, uh, I think, in, in this podcast. But also, he gets full credit for sort of creating this, this milieu, the, the, the musical and professional world that we've kind of struck together. And then we've got to give credit to Darren Henry, who does all the booking. He is, uh, we've called him the booking czar. And I'm not sure how well you're going to be able to talk about it with your voice, but... Um, but you, he also... You can tap it out in Morse code. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Can you see semaphore flags on an audio podcast? <laughs> He's the genesis of the name and also the idea, too. I think even before a lot of those things fell into place, this was something that you had envisioned. And but we had talked about ways, it a lot. Yeah. Um, and then we were trying to come up with names for our first band, and Recess Monkey came into my head. We all love puns and goofing around with words. Um, <clears throat> and so, but we realized we couldn't use it for that, so we just kind of shelved it for later on. And when this project started to emerge, we pulled it off the shelf, and here we are. But yeah, the booking side of things, it's pretty fun to get to know a lot of people from around the, the country. And uh, it uh, hones my email skills a lot. And also... Um, it's funny, a lot of people are like, oh, you're the drummer and the booker? They let you do that? Yeah. Does it show up for half the games he books? But he booked them. But yeah, right. So, you know. Well, it's probably a little incongruent to have three guys who are responsible enough to be elementary school teachers in a band. You know, you don't think of bands as being that responsible yeah right sometimes, you know? well it's funny during our during our set yesterday um, <clears throat> like the second or third song um, 
when we when we play, I usually sit on my bass cabinet, uh, and Darren usually stands up. So I was standing up, and it's sort of an unfamiliar place for me to be when we're playing. And at the end of a song, I sort of I got rock star, and I accidentally hit the mic stand with my bass, and it flew off the stage toward kids on the ground. So yeah. so that was very <laughs> that was that was great, wasn't it? That was a moment. <laughs> no one was hurt, but it was very irresponsible. So uh, <laughs> yeah. let's let's just make note of that. We were extremely about, irresponsible. I think it came about that far from Evelyn's nose, actually. No, she right. was right up there in front, dancing. Yeah, just one of those. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. It's it's good to to think about that distinction too. That we really are teachers, and and I think we're totally kid centric, and we bring I think a real rock energy to our shows that we really appreciate, and um, we, we're making music that we would really like to listen to also. Um, but yeah, we're still extremely responsible. <laughs> very, very responsible. Yeah. We got yeah. here on time. <laughs> you, said, you said you usually sit on your bass counter, but I, I thought you looked very comfortable standing, and, and the energy you three were putting out from that stage was just amazing. Oh, thanks. Very oh, exuberant. Thank it's like very just fun to watch you enjoy performing. And uh, I'm, I'm curious about your, your you know, did, do you, are you conscious of that or are you just up there having fun? You know, what, what's the concept behind the band when you're rehearsing? You know, right. You're, well, um, I, I think it's the energy more than anything. I think that once we discovered this energy together, it was really um, right about when we were making our second album, Aminal House, when um, it, everything started to come together and we really realized from a performance perspective what this was. Um, but also that really all we're doing is tapping into an energy that we've been exposed to. I mean, being with kids every day, we work with kids 30 hours a week and um, uh, we know kids so well that, uh, it, and we have so many memories of when we were kids that that's an energy that sort of propels us. So on stage, I mean, we're conscious that there's an audience and we're doing things to try to bring them into it as well. But I think, really, we're just trying to create that energy on stage and, and just having faith that that's going to transfer, that right. people will get that. Oh, I think definitely. Um, how do you find the time? You're teachers. <laughs> You're not supposed to have spare time. How do you find the time to, to be in a band? There are two or three really um, great uh, uh, coffee companies in Seattle. That <laughs> <laughs> a little little company called Starbucks you might have heard of. A little Add hours to the day. Yeah, totally. Um, it, it hasn't really been hard. I, I think, um, you know, on the plane flight down, we were talking about this, like how much time we're putting in um, in the band versus uh, versus teachers and, you know, in each of our families, what the commitment looks like, too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think it's just a conversation we seem to have quarterly. Every three months or so, we just sort of talk about, okay, so how'd that feel? Was this something that was doable? Um, and again, what we're finding is that playing music seems to make teaching more fun, and teaching seems to make the music more fun, too. And we haven't had a bad gig that we walked away from feeling like, oh, why'd we play that for years? And it used to be every gig felt that way. <laughs> like, we, yeah. Man, that was awkward. We played the fewer people that are in our band. Um, <laughs> um, so there's, a, there's very much a, a fueling component. Just playing those shows, it, it, it really does invigorate us as, as human beings, I think. Let's get into talking and hearing some song clips from the from the new CD field trip. All right. Okay, the first song that I want to talk about, Marshmallow Farm. Okay, here you got the song about going on a field trip. <laughs> but what made you decide to make a you know going to a fanciful place? Drew, take it take it away, Drew. Well, on <laughs> on the road to an actual field trip, um, we passed by some uh, <clears throat> giant marshmallows, uh, and. Just had to point out to all the kids um, 
to look out the window because there was a gigantic field of gigantic marshmallows, which um, some folks seem to claim they're just giant hay bales covered <laughs> in plastic. But uh, the beauty of, of working with the preschool, kindergarten um, age group is that there's still that hope sense, uh, yeah, the, the hope, the, uh, the sense of wonder that those could very well, in fact, be gigantic marshmallows. Another way to spin that is that on the bus, Drew made all these kids believe that these big hay bales were marshmallows, and they believed him. So that, I, I didn't get close enough to see. Spinning. I don't know how we're going to spin that one. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about the overall um, concept of field trips, you know, the, the, uh, the fall trip to the pumpkin patch, or you know, in Seattle we have Skagit County to the north where all the tulips grow, and just trying to um, bring together a lot of that anticipation and the fun of going on a trip, um, but add that imaginative layer, something that actually did did happen on the way to another trip. So that's how that song came together. Today is the day that our class sets away on a super sweet adventure. Like I never imagined I'd go on the floor and Last fall we picked pumpkins in spring We toured tulips, great trips, no cause for alarm Today is the day that we pack up and head to the Marshmallow Farm Oh, From the perspective of the bag of lunch, that's that stood out to me as a, an interesting choice. So how how did you <laughs> come to that? Well, it's it's funny here. I actually get to pass the baton to Darren because <laughs> I was I was writing a song about sack lunch, um, told from you know the perspective of the the kid who's who's boarding the bus and just to- toying around with it and, and threw the idea out. Well, and Darren, and, and so part of the pro- <clears throat> part of the process sometimes of, a, of the album is Drew has all these ideas and songs, and um, he'll throw them out to us, and um, you know say I need help with this little idea or what about this idea, and um, so for that one I just said well what about if it's from the perspective of the sack lunch waiting for the kid to come back from the field trip, um, you know kind of getting stuck in that box. So I don't know I thought it was kind of a funny idea and he ran with it and. Added his own fun stuff to it. I'm a little sack lunch, short and stout. Your dad put 
me together you take me out on an adventure far away from school I'm stuffed with a sandwich chips and fruit I wear a funky crumply light brown suit I've got a juice box and a fudge brownie and a smiley face written up in shaggy lunch Listening. I know I have follow-ups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like David Brinkley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I noticed that. Uh, well, as I was listening to the song, I kept wondering what was going to happen at lunchtime, and we didn't really deal with that. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of left a little open-ended, isn't it? They're they're reunited. Um, that we really they're waiting to be reunited at the end of the song. <laughs> we could the sack lunch was, seems Yom Kippur, maybe. The, the sack <laughs> lunch himself. <laughs> the sack lunch himself seems very innocent as to his purpose in life. <laughs> He's looking forward to this reunion, and I'm just thinking, this oh gosh, the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Run away, little brown boy. <laughs> oh. Run away now. Well, maybe you know Charlotte's Web. It's I don't. Know. Yeah, like, I am here for you. It's actually why we threw the boy choir in. We just hoped that they would distract you from even thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should have been a little bit higher in the mix. Oh, and, and now a bunch of cute kids yeah, singing. The, Go! <laughs> see, I, I love the humor throughout the whole album. And to me, you know, the, the boys, choir, the angelic voices singing about sack lunch, you know, it just made me laugh. I love that. So, um, it, How did that come to be an element in the, in the recording? Um, I uh, actually <laughs> used me. to be um, in the Northwest Boy Choir, the, the choir that sang when I was growing up. That was one of my first musical experiences. I sang second soprano and then became a, a bass baritone in high school. Um, and since then, I actually joined the board of the choir, and now I'm actually president of the, the board of the Northwest Choirs. So 
um, had always been kind of toying with the idea of, man, it would be really cool to get them on. And this was like the perfect epic, you know, sort of, that song is sort of Paul Simon, sort of African rhythmy, um, where there is, you know, such a big choral component. So it just, it felt right, and I approached Joe, the director, and he was really fired up about it. So um, it's lucky they actually rehearse a couple blocks away from where uh, Drew and I still teach and where Darren used to teach. Um, so we just brought our recording rig there to their rehearsal space. They learned the song one week, and then the next week we they added themselves in. And, yeah, it was it was really fun to do. Galisa, you, you were telling me... You read somewhere yeah, that, that it was that? recorded at, at the school? You recorded the whole album at, at a school? We did, yeah. There was also, um, we've done this for several albums. We had a, a live show where we invited all our fans from Seattle to come um, and sing on a handful of songs. So they sang on Marshmallow Farm and uh, Centipede Pirate and a handful of other ones. Um, and, you know, their chance to really be on the album, it was... I mean, truly, they would be able to hear their voices and see sort of what goes into the creation. We recorded it in the lunchroom at UCDS. We had done some pre-production and then did some post-production after that. Um, but yeah, they were an integral part of it. And it, it's really helpful to us, too, because little, you know, tiny little gems happen um, in that experience that we never could have planned. It's kind of like what happens in our classrooms. Where did the character of Noctopus come from? Yeah, again, a play on words, I think, like the the band name, um, we're always kind of coming up with those sorts of things, and uh, so it was just kind of in generating a, a funny character, uh, and then just rolling from there, um, a great way to incorporate some knock-knock jokes, which are some of the most popular among the, the kids that we teach, especially the ones in my classroom. Yeah. Uh, so did the character come first, or were you setting out to write a song about knock-knock jokes? Uh, it, I think the, the name came first, um, and then uh, it was a way to weave in. Um, and also, too, as, as I was kind of playing around with it, a way to um, give the, the class clown maybe a, put the spotlight on someone who's just, you know, can't help him or herself at times, but is really there to, to make, a, make things more enjoyable. Oh, he's a class clown, loves to fool around, and has a goof into each day. Oh, now he's never out to hurt no one, and he's silly just his way. I'll pick you up when you're down, make a smile from a frown, whenever you're feeling blue. Oh, the knock the pussy, no, it's not the buzz, it's got some jokes for you, everybody now. Knock, knock.
when you're arranging a song like that, do you do you guys kind of work that out when you're rehearsing, or you know, or does one of you dictate? Because like, um, I thought it was really clever, like when you're doing the the, the old you know banana joke. Yeah. Um, how you had that going in the background and and the chorus is going on, and yeah. I, I just thought that was just a great way. To I noticed that, that too. I noticed that too because I was because I'm a songwriter. I'm thinking from a perspective of writing. How how would you put that knock knock joke into a knock knock joke song because it's so long and awkward? Yeah, it breaks the rhyme exactly. Then you, just right, and then you um, instead of saying knock knock every time, you left that part out, which but we all get it, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, banana banana who banana banana who banana banana. Yeah, and it becomes rhythmic and part of the background, and then it comes back. You come back in at the right spot with orange, <laughs> and orange, and the, it, it, that that just really worked together so well. It, it was such a funny session. It was a awesome. funny. It was a funny session or maybe not a funny session because we were just kicking these really bad jokes back and forth and I remember uh, it really came together when we were recording vocals you know on either end of the of the microphone in the studio just tossing jokes back and forth and you'd hear the groan in the other room like are you kidding we can't put that that joke on um, but you didn't walk in with those jokes no those we hadn't decided which ones we were gonna put in there so it was kind of the structure was already set and we recorded the basic tracks and then you know, we knew what the chorus is and, you know, what the verse would sound like, but in terms of the actual jokes, we, we had to work that out in studio. And, and I feel like the banana joke just kind of happened in the room, didn't it? Yeah, we had, like we wanted accident. to possibly use Interrupting Cow, too, mm-hmm. um, and like that, mm-hmm. and the banana joke were two that are, you know, they're epic. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed that as we hashed it out over... No. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I couldn't resist. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the, those were... Um, Two that we had thought about using in that that final space. So the structure was there, and then we we just massaged it on on top to make it work. So, so do you do a lot of uh, sort of improvis- improvisational things once you get to the studio trying to figure it out? Because I I had that I get that feeling from the album that it's really kind of some of it maybe a little off the cuff. It, it, tons of it is. Drew um, Drew definitely comes. Um, Usually, you know, this is a 15-song album with um, some hidden shtick uh, at the end, but of those 15, I don't know, how many would you say that you walked in with pretty pretty solid? Was it all 15 or a couple fewer? No, I think it was, I mean, at least half that are pretty well-defined, um, maybe a bit more than that. Um, and then the process is, is usually Darren and I working out the songs together and just hammering out the structure and and then most of the lyric ideas are generally there but at times we'll we'll have um, we'll still be working on that and and again like in the octopus song then lay that on top which <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on man it's not easy uh, writing songs what is this what is this NPR <laughs> and then the I, I I I don't know if I can. Let's go on to the song. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, cut. Um, and then these guys come in, take it away. But but it's really true that I mean songs like Lice LLC, that song really came together in the room. I mean we were mm-hmm. we were experimenting like crazy. And then a lot of the little interludes too, like the the whole general general louse business in in that song. Um, that was just a really late night in the studio, just <laughs> just going. And the, the the thing where I said I'm out of time, 
um, the song had ended. Like, I really was out of time, and we thought it was so funny that, that, that it landed like that, so we just kept it in. Yeah. Jack, Jack's like, I'm ready for another take, and Darren and I said, no, That's you did take. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to end that way. Also, a sort of a morbid ending. I'm out of time. <laughs> oh, talked about fading it out, but wanted to keep it that way. Insects crawling everywhere. Insects crawling everywhere. It ain't no crying shame to have birds on you. Little insects crawling everywhere. Little insects crawling everywhere. It ain't no crying shame to have birds on you. It ain't no thing when last land on you. There's no need for a new hairdo. hairdo. Just get a comb and tea tree shampoo. It seems so hair raising, but your brother. Soccer. All of them had lies too. L I C. L I C. L I C. Now maybe you've had them. Or maybe you haven't, but the lice are coming. Alright you lice, you get it live there! Now I don't mean to nitpick, but I got a piece of advice for you. The last blaster we went to was D-Louse in 36 hours. I expect more. Now you see my little lice, you can't go for the low hanging fruit. You can't just lay your eggs on the top of a chair Cause the custodian's gonna wipe them off that afternoon You gotta be selective You gotta look for deep hidden places Like in the inside of that child's parade Or inside of that other child's tall cat You see, he's gonna take it home and she's gonna take it home And before they know it, they'll have an infestation of life the size of Manhattan That's right, Manhattan's full of lice And ten days later, those lice will be laying their own little cute baby lice And before you know it, we'll take over the entire place We'll be sending each other letters to each other's heads. Little bits of correspondence from your pen pal louse. Who says, how are you? How was your trip? Are you enjoying that little girl's head? And she'll say, why, yes, I am enjoying the little girl's head. Or I'm a louse on a mission. Before you know it, we will have taken over the entire city. And then the state. And then the country. You see, my little lice? I'm out of time. I imagine that uh, being teachers, you have a special uh, ability to to hone in on what's important or interesting to kids. Uh, the new shoe song, for instance, Lisa was thinking, new shoes? What? what? <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, kids get excited when they have new shoes, <laughs> you know. So uh, was, that a, was that an idea that sort of cropped up from your kids, that new shoes would be song-worthy? Well, it, it's true that, you know, what, especially in the preschool and kindergarten, when they come in on Monday morning and they have gotten a new pair of shoes. It's like they'll just put their foot right there in front of you. They won't even say anything. What's different about you? Um, hmm, do you get a haircut? Oh, look at those shoes! And, and kind of tapping into my own memories of, of exactly that, going to the mall and getting a new pair of shoes. Shoes for everyday wearing 
I've got an old pair of soccer cleats too I've got Crocs flip-flops I've got black hot tops But I'm looking for something new How about you? about the shoe song yeah, yeah. time I wanted to ask um, how, how long have you been playing the Velcro and did you take lessons as a child? I, um, I want to thank you for this hard-hitting question um, and I think that like we're taking lights out of the shadows we got to take Velcro playing out of the shadows this is a real instrument there are Velcro leagues around the country and I'm proud to be their first ambassador um, the truth is, uh, one of the first graders in my class had a really great pair of uh, Nike Velcro shoes with three straps in his cubby, and we were, it was the middle of <clears throat> winter break, we were working on the record, and um, we knew that we needed some percussion in there, so I was looking around and saw those, like, there was light shining off them, these perfectly pristine, yeah, so uh, Darren and I actually co-played Velcro, Darren didn't get the album credit because he also got the scalp credit and there just wasn't room in the layout to credit. But let's officially credit Darren, too, for, for co-Velcro. Um, yeah, I don't really know fun. if that was difficult. Was the shoe difficult to tune? Yeah, well, we actually we te- we took about 20 minutes practicing just figuring out like how to how to lift and where's the most percussive part and you know which of the three straps is the one to use. Uh, surprisingly difficult to play. Now it's time for the Velcro solo. Do you ever have one of those moments where you're like, people observing us now would think we are mad <laughs> because we are so into, right now, into the sound of Velcro yeah. <laughs> and the, the minutia, <laughs> how to make that sound good. Yeah, but people are weird. I mean, I think everyone does weird stuff like that. I, I think that's one of the, the best things that we've learned about ourselves as musicians and also as teachers. Like... Everybody's weird. Everybody in the world is so insanely weird, and I think we 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 got to bring that out of the shadows too. We that's probably that's at the top of our creed is that being weird is cool. Being weird is normal. All right, we're just curious. What are the what are future plans for the band? We are working on a DVD that is going to be coming out at the end of the summer, right about back to school time. Um, hosted by Maymo, Mayor Monkey. This is Mayor Monkey. Who's our hand puppet band manager, um, who is actually featured on Field Trip in a hidden track as well. He uh, sits behind a desk and hosts the show, uh, and we have special guests and music videos and things like that. Um, I don't think we aspire to anything beyond just creating the same energy that we've been creating. Um, do, do you envision a day where you might give up teaching to be full-time recess monkey? We get asked that a lot, and I think it would be really sad. We've it, it, 
of course it would be like a really exciting, fun, um, amazing experience to get to do that. And we've met a lot of musicians this weekend in Kansas City who are doing that. Justin Roberts and uh, Brady Reimer and uh, 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 Jim Cros Cosgrove and just all these people who are making making their lives doing music. And certainly, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at that and thinking, man, that seems so cool. But I think we're teachers and that's where we go to get inspiration and that's where we go to work every day and we work with really great people and with great kids and it would be kind of heartbreaking to have to stop doing that so um, it's not cut and dry we don't have a we don't have jobs that we're you know actively running away from we have jobs that that are careers that are fueling us who is John Vanderslice? Oh, John Vanderslice? Yeah, John Vanderslice. <laughs> Um, who isn't John Vanderslice, really? Um, Aren't we all? Are, we're, we're all a little John Vanderslice. Hi, this is John Vanderslice. The John Vanderslice nods are really mostly for us. Like It's a little inside uh, nod for each of us. We're all huge fans of this artist named John Vanderslice. He's a singer and songwriter from San Francisco um, who goes all around the country playing music. His music is usually not for kids. It's more adult music, um, music for adults. Um, uh, but we're just huge fans. I mean, he's a he's a great songwriter. He's a great singer, and, and the songs are are really catchy and entertaining. And um, we're just really big fans. So um, it, we've given a nod to him in all but our first album, and they get increasingly bizarre. In in Tabby Road, in Tabby Road, the the little dragon's mother complains because little dragon knocked over the glass statue of John Vanderslice, and then he even is actually on field trip. We finally got the chance to meet him. Um, and uh, our friend Matt drew a really uh, impressive illustration of him inside the, the cover, too. Um, uh -huh. So we're just fans, and, and I think that's the take the takeaway message about Recess Monkey. We're first and foremost music fans. We, we all cut our teeth in music young. We started playing instruments young, and we have a lot of bands in common that we love. And you know, so cool besides, well, besides John Vanderslice, who, who would be your, your main uh, influences? Well, we can do that individually. I, I'd say the Beatles for sure, um, more than more than anything else. I think that we can thank them for most of what we're hearing on the radio uh, it, today, at least in pop music. Um, I don't know what else would you guys say. Uh, add that, Beach Boys, um, yeah, XTC. I can hear that in there. <laughs> I'm really excited about the new Wilco album that's coming out in June. Um, Darren. Well, um, I'd say like a lot of like um, '80s pop and stuff I was you know totally into like the cure and all that stuff and so I think sometimes in my drum playing I hear a little bit of that and um, even like country music too like I grew up in the Midwest so um, I was always going to like these festivals with my family and there was always like a country band and so I used to do the hoedown a lot so it's funny you say the cure when um in the middle of our set at Jiggle Jam, I actually caught Darren applying black nail polish during the set, so <laughs> that totally makes yeah, sense. Yeah, makes I, sense, I, right? I get that, I get that. Um, yeah, I, and, and I, I think we try to give nods to some of those genres and artists and, and the people that we love in, in the songs that we record, but um, increasingly I think that we start are starting to sound more like us. I want to say a big... Thank you to Recess Monkey for taking the time out of their busy schedule to record this interview with us. For more information about Recess Monkey, please visit their website at www.recessmonkeytown.com. Now, it's time for Evelyn's pick. Last month, Monty and Evelyn recorded this episode without me, 
and things got just a little bit crazy. Hello, peoples. Dum dum. Boom 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 boom. So, uh, tell us about your introduction there, your introductory music. Dramatic, wasn't it? It's very dramatic. (laughs) Sounds like something out of a Space Odyssey movie. Where did you get it? I'm not sure. All right, let's move on. (laughs) What have you been up to today? Well, I've been doing something for a very special holiday coming up. Take a guess. One or two or three. Easter? No. Mm, Christmas? No. Fourth of July. July was a few months ago. Yes, but this is a podcast. People can listen any time during the year. Yeah, I know. No. All right, tell me. Halloween. Halloween. Uh, is do you have a Halloween song for us today? No. Oh. <laughs> I messed that up. <laughs> Oh gosh, I'll be here forever. <laughs> so, what have you been doing today? Doing crafts for Halloween decorations. <laughs> There's a sign outside this very room that says Mad Scientist Lab. Mad Scientist Lab? Is that me? Am I the mad scientist? Yes. <laughs> I'm being interviewed by a mad scientist. <laughs> Igor, throw the switch. Okay. It's pull. No, I want you to throw it. There's a cockroach in the corner. Can you maybe smash it with the switch? <laughs> Just throw it over there. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Perchance, Igor, is it possible? You've brought this song for us today. Yes, master. I have brought a song. And? What is it? It is by the recess monkeys. Oh, the recess monkeys. (laughs) My favorite subject. (laughs) For experimentation. I can really tell this guy's bad. (laughs) What do you mean, Igor? I am not mad. I am perfectly sane. Perfectly sane. Now tell us about the song. It is called... Haven't got a pet yet. But, Igor, you have many pets. You have cockroaches, spiders... Not me! Oh... Well, who hasn't got a pet? Everybody has a pet. The person who has seen this song has no pet. 
Oh, we must feel very bad for him. Perhaps I could make him one. <laughs> he might want to have that for you. Igor, him. hand me that jar of pointy teeth. <laughs> this guy's really crazy. <laughs> okay, let's be ourselves for a moment. <laughs> tell us about tell us about the song. Well, um, why did you pick this one? Like it? Yes, I like it. What do you like about it? Can you relate to it? Yeah. Did you feel the same way at one point? Yes, when I didn't have a puppy. Yes, but we got one, didn't we? Yes. Daddy caved in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Daddy caved and We got a puppy. We've had her for a year. Do you like having a dog? Yes. Even when she does naughty things like the other day when she, you know. Felt the call of nature and went on my bed. <laughs> yes, when she went on your bed. Oh my gosh. This is why I didn't want one to be with. But she's a sweet puppy, isn't she? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Igor, get over here. What? Introduce the song. Okay. This is Haven't Got a Pet Yet by Rudy Sussmonkey. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's got a pet, but I haven't got a pet yet. Susie's got a pet, Johnny's got a pet, but I haven't got a pet yet. Gertrude's got a goldfish, a really, really wet pet. Dooney's got a poodle, fill its fur with your barrette's pet. Tilly's got a turtle, everybody's got a pet now. Everybody's got a pet now. Everybody's got a pet. Sammy's got a pet, Johnny's got a pet. Don't you fret, pet Linda has a bunny And for me it's just not funny Cause everybody's got a pet now Everybody's got a pet Except me To you in PowerPoint. Reasons I need a dog. I mean it, I'll clean it, I'll preen it. The best you ever seen it till I'm 113. I'm up to the test, I'll do my best. I will not rest on my pet quest. I'm sure that I can handle the routine. R.E.S. Beyond Spility. Find out what it means, it means to me, it means to me, it means R.E.S. Beyond Spility. Find out what it means, it means to me, it means to me, it means to me, he's got a pet, Johnny's got a pet, but I haven't got a pet yet.
enjoyed hearing tracks from Recess Monkey CD, Field Trip. Please visit our website at kidsmusicplanet.blogspot.com where you'll find this week's show notes, past episodes, and purchase links to all our featured music. Until next time, thanks for listening.